We have opened up God's Handbook for Parenting to learn how to raise our kids God's way. So far, we have discovered that He teaches them the ropes of life so that they can live skillfully and safely. This life of wisdom begins with a humble recognition that there is a God and that He created the universe to move us to recognize and then to praise Him. Let's join our study leader, Dave Wordson, in Proverbs chapter 8, verses 30 and following, as he begins with a simple life pleasure that traces the hand of God in our existence. God created the sun for you. You needed it. It's the energy source that God gave you. But he did it for you. He did it so he could get that response in your heart. There is not a dog in all the universe that this week said, Oh, God, thank you so much for the sunshine. They didn't do that. There wasn't an elephant. There wasn't a porpoise moving up the animal chain a little bit. No porpoise jumped out of the water this week. Oh, God, what a beautiful ocean. I really love this ocean. Thank you. No animal did that, but you can do it. That's why he created it all. You say, Oh, you've got to be kidding. Look what it says here. It says, then I was the craftsman, verse 30, then I was the craftsman at his side. Wisdom not only is a blueprint, but she's presented as the guiding craftsman, a very skilled artisan that created the universe. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence. Wisdom is presented as just, have you ever seen an artist that's really involved in creating something? And they're just really excited about it. Maybe they're painting something or maybe they're building a house and they're just really into it. And they're really excited. Boy, I really like this painting. I really like this house. Well, that's the way wisdom presents herself. She's skipping around saying, Lord Jesus, what else can we do? This is really neat. What a project. Look at the heavens. Look at the earth. I mean, she's really excited. Now, I think you'd agree with me. I could get excited about the creation. All of you at one time or another have been awed by the mountains. You can't help but be awed by the rocky. So we can understand how wisdom could be delighted in, in his creation, in the mountains, in the ocean, in the stars. But I want you to see verse 31. Wisdom says I was rejoicing in his whole world, but especially I was delighting in mankind. Now I want to read that again. Because the beginning of a skillful life, some of you are really suffering because Satan is telling you, your life doesn't amount to much. Your life really isn't that important. You're not going anywhere. You just might as well coast. Your life really doesn't have any purpose. Nobody cares. And what God's word is telling you is that that's a lie. Satan always tries to murder you. God is telling every single one of you today that God's skillful blueprint delights in you. You see, what wisdom is saying is that this plan that God has designed is a plan for you. God plans to bring you pleasure, to bring you happiness, to bring you fulfillment. God is good, not Scrooge. God delights, and his plan delights especially in us. It's really, really important. When God says, I want you to do this, he never does it because, aha, I can get them. I can put another restriction over them. God never does that. You see, I often tell kids, like, let's suppose that I said at the end of this service, I just went out and I bought, there's about 60 Mercedes Benzes, there's about 60 Jaguars, 
There's about 60 Maseratis, and you can all go at the end of this service, and you can go out there and have your card. Just take your pick. It's a gift from your pastor. What would you think about that? So you go out after this service and you jump in, you know, depending. We I'll put some Seville's out there, you know, for some of you that are a little bit more sedate. You know, just Rolls Royces for some of you that really have the works. And what's the, what are you going to do? So you go out there and you pick out your car. Now, what are you going dis, to discern about me? Well, because we're sons of Adam, you would say, well, Dave's got a hitch here somewhere. We always have a hitch. There's no hitch here. I did it just because I really like you all. I love you all, okay? Now, what are you going to do when you get in the car? You jump in the car and you look around, you turn on the ignition, and I didn't put any gas in it. Just barely enough to roll down to the Exxon station. So you roll down the Exxon station, the guy, you roll down the window of a beautiful Rolls Royce, and he says, wow, you know, wow, where'd you get that car? He's all got it as a gift. Well, what do you want in it? It's should you use unleaded or whatever you use in a Rolls Royce. I've never been in one, I don't know. And you say, oh, I just put Pepsi in the tank. Pepsi? Yeah, just fill it up with Pepsi. Put in 30 gallons of Pepsi. And then he says, well, you know, the, your oil's a little bit low, too. You say, well, just put a little sand in the, in the crankcase. And do you have any sulfuric acid? I think I'm a little bit low on water. Just pure sulfuric acid in the radiator. And the, and the gas attendant says, what are you doing? Get your book out. You know, the design plan, the specs from England that tell you all about this Rolls Royce. And you start going through and it tells you what kind of gas to put on the car, what kind of oil to put in the car, what kind of fluids to put in it. You look through it and the guy says, listen, that's what it says right there. You go, all oh, those people can't stand me. Those people, they don't really want my pleasure in this car. They're idiots. I'm the one. It's my car. I'm going to do with my Rolls Royce what I want to do with it. And the guy, the gas, you know, the gas attendant says, hey, listen, man, they designed the car. If somebody was gracious enough to give you the car, why don't you follow the blueprint the way the car was built? You go, no, I'm going to do my own thing, like a two-year-old. Now, I want to say to every one of you, every one of you have the freedom to load a Rolls Royce with Pepsi if you had one. You can all put sand in the crankcase. You can all put sulfuric acid in the radiator. You have the freedom to do that. It's when you turn on the ignition that your freedom stops. Now, that's what wisdom is saying. I want you to get that really loud and clear. Wisdom is saying you're made in the image of God, so you can make choices. You don't have to follow God's blueprint. You don't have to follow God's wise plan. You can go out and live your life a lot of different ways. But what I'm telling you tonight from the bottom of my heart is that God's blueprint is for your good. It's because he loves you. He delights in you. And that's why he tells us, he says in verse 32, Now then, my son, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways, who listen to my instruction. Please listen to my instruction. You'll be wise. Don't ignore it. Blessed is the man who listens to me watching daily at my doors waiting at my doorway. Why? For whoever finds me finds life and receives favor from the Lord. But whoever fails to find me harms himself. All who hate me love death. What is wisdom telling us? Wisdom is imploring, is inviting, is seeking to get us to listen. You're here today, so you've made the first step. Lord willing, as we've looked into the Word of God, We've heard a little bit of God's blueprint. 
we've learned a little bit of God's skillful design for living. But what it goes on to say here is that we need to not ignore it. You know, the most difficult thing is for us not only just to hear with our ears, but to hear with our lives. We all have a tendency to hear the right ideas with our ears, but then we ignore it. We walk right out. We're like James says, we look at our face in a mirror, we see what's there, but then we leave and forget all about it. And wisdom is imploring us not to do that. Please don't do that. It says, please listen to me and watch daily at my doors, in verse 34, waiting at my doorway. And I want to really share with you, that's the thing that really grips my heart. Because in our society, we have an idea that we really do God a favor if we come and listen for an hour on a Sunday morning. And as soon as we mention like having a personal time in the Word, a lot of us say, oh, that's, that's, really, that, that's really hard for me to do. In fact, if I were to ask you, how many of you this week really had a daily time with the Lord in His Word, listening to His skillful blueprint for living? That would bring almost all of us under conviction. The reason is, is that's the biggest struggle of our life. And the reason it's the biggest struggle of our life is that Satan knows that the only way for you to have proper guidance in life is to daily listen at the doors of wisdom. If you put the time sequences together, if you compare like the amount of time that we spend in school, the amount of time that we spend watching TV, the amount of time that we spend reading other books, and you compare that with the time that we get input from God's holy word, and they just don't measure up. And what we have to do is we have to just be honest about that. If there really is an architect that tells us how to live, then the blueprint won't do us any good unless we learn how to read the plans. You see, unless we open up the plans and start to look at what's there. And we're learning how not to send our kids to the school of hard knocks. We're learning as parents how not to send ourselves to the school of hard knocks. And what I want you to realize is that we're just kidding ourselves if we never open up this blueprint. You see, wisdom says you've got to watch daily at my door. And she says it's so vital that if you'll do it, you're going to find happiness. It says here, for whoever finds me finds life and receives favor from the Lord. Verse 34 says, happy. The word blessed means to be happy, to go straight for the goals that God has designed for you. Happy is the man who listens to me, who watches daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. For whoever fails to find me harms himself. All who hate me love death. I think our own society has an unbelievably strong illustration of that. Like as we develop the book of Proverbs, one of the really big areas that wisdom is going to talk to us about is the sexual area, for example. Now, in the high school, the statistics are telling us that almost everybody fools around sexually. Almost everybody. You can ask the high school counselors. You can ask the guy that's on the school board. People are really uptight about it. And the idea is, we've got a new age. When I was going to college, there was a new idea. It wasn't really new at all. It's as old as the Roman Empire. It's as old as the Greek Alexander the Great. It's as old as Babylon. 
And Babylon is just about as old as the universe as soon as sin came into the world. It's not a new idea. But the new idea was that the idea of staying sexually pure until you get married. And we've really got to be honest about this. If you get on the TV and say, what we need to do sexually is only have intercourse with one woman, one man, the woman that God or the man that God led us to, that we made a commitment to, that we've gotten to know a little bit. We know their name. We know about their family. We also made a commitment to live our life together. That sex is really reserved for just that life partner. People think you're nutty for saying that. They really do. The modern world says, that's so stupid. That's really passe. That, that's really not in. So when I was in college, just hundreds of young people said, oh, you know, you can just do it with anybody. Well, you, when you do it with anybody, you get tired of it. That's the way life is. So then you go ACDC. Then you're both ways. And then you get tired of that, so you start become only one way, just DC. And so you start doing some really weird things in homosexual relationships. And I've had some very, very close friends of mine that have followed that pattern. And suddenly, the Surgeon General has to go on the radio and on the TV and saying, hey, we've got a plague on our hands. This past week, a very dear friend of mine who is in the medical profession told me one of the most harrowing experiences, one of the saddest things, unbelievable. One of his patients called him up and said, I have AIDS. You know what that meant for my friend? My friend is pure, really committed to biblical values. But one of his patients called him and says, I have AIDS. So he had to go and get tested. And he couldn't find out for three days what was the effect of what happened. During those three days, he realized my whole practice could come to an end. If I have AIDS, that's the end of my practice. I can't practice ethically. A very prosperous individual would suddenly have no way he could make a living. It would all be cut off. Unbelievable experience. Well, by the grace of God, when the result of the test came in, they all proved to be negative. But brothers and sisters, AIDS can seem like it's very far away. It's not very far away. Now, what I want you to realize, it's not like God is sending a thunderbolt from heaven and saying, I'm going to zap that homosexual. I'm going to zap that promiscuous prostitute. I'm going to zap that teenager that's goofing around. God doesn't do that. That's not what I'm saying. God doesn't do that. All God is saying is, listen, young people, listen, mom and dad, I'm your creator. If you think a Rolls Royce is complicated, you're a lot more complicated. If you think a Rolls Royce should be cherished and honored and valued, you don't know anything. Boy, just your hand, just your hand, the intricacy of just the human hand. Mary used to work for a plastic surgeon who put together human hands. He just about worshipped hands. Mary used to come home from work and talk about Dr. Brown spending 8 hours, 12 hours, 15 hours putting together a construction worker's hand that had been crushed in an accident and intricately repatterning it. And he talked about the intricacies of just her hand. Just your hand that we all take for granted makes a Rolls Royce look like some junk heap. And all God is saying is, I love you. When I tell you not to use your sexuality loosely, don't just do it anywhere. Do it in marriage. God says, I'm not telling you that because I don't like you. 
if I'm trying to keep you from happiness. God says, I want you to be healthy. I want you to, I want you to find happiness. I want you to have what I really meant for you to have in this sexual relationship. And I use that illustration because I think probably AIDS, more than anything else, just very powerfully and emotionally drives home to us the dangers of walking away from God's patterns. And that's what wisdom is saying. She's saying, I am a blueprint. I really delight in you. Please follow my example and live. And we're going to be developing the book of Proverbs, what scriptures really do teach us. What have we learned today? We've learned that you need to respect the architect. We need to, to live by design, not by the throw of a dice. I want everyone to realize the result of being here today. Your life is not the throw of the dice in a Las Vegas game table. By the way, that's why it's not wise for you to go to Las Vegas. It's not just because of all that, you know, all the stuff that's there. You know why it's wrong to do that kind of a thing? Because you're acting like it's just a gamble. That's what's wrong with that kind of thing. You're adopting a philosophy that life is just the throw of the dice. By the way, you know one of the worst things that could happen to you at a place like Las Vegas? Would be to get rich. It would ruin your life, almost for sure. You say, why is that? Because Proverbs, we're going to talk about that. Proverbs says that there's money that you get the easy way. Without having the time to develop character without having the, the gnarled hands and, and, the, and, the, and the nights that you worked hard and the feeling of working a hard day's work and feeling content and growing in your character. Wisdom said that the, there is an illicit wealth that you can get just like that. But it says there's a lot of pain that goes with it. All of that kind of thinking, there's an easy way to do this. I can just throw my dice and I get a lot of money. I'm not talking about just playing games. But I'm talking about getting a, a lifestyle I'm going to live my life like it's just the throw of the dice in a Las Vegas game table. Wisdom is saying life is not the throw of a dice. It's a plan. It's a skillfully designed plan. Second of all, this skillful design controls the physical and the ethical. None of you would think of taking cyanide today, Lord willing. What the scripture is saying is just as there's a physical law that says you take cyanide, it'll kill you. What Proverbs is saying, if you steal, it'll kill you. If you lie, it'll kill you. If you commit immorality, it can eventually kill you. If you murder, it'll kill you. You'll die inside. Just as certainly. You can't breathe underwater like a fish. And you can't live opposed to God's moral command. Number three, is happiness results from the hearing and the obeying of wisdom. Death comes to those who ignore her. So we have a choice. Wisdom says you can choose to follow my principles. You can respond to my son. You can trust in me with all your heart, or you can turn away from me. We're going to talk about what I think is just something that's really on all of our hearts right now. We're going to call it Bonnie and Clyde. We're going to be talking about how to say no. Just say no. Some of the kids can laugh about it. You know, say, oh, you know, big deal. There's no real danger there. The drunk situation is like an octopus. It really is. I've worked with kids that have been taken. They walked outside their house. They've been taken. They got all beat up. Got taken out of the country and just pulverized. All in the places where you can't see. I worked with other people just in this area where I've gone up and, and you talked to them about the law. And they would say, ha ha, the law. 
There's an unbelievable subculture. It's very near at hand. It's like another world. The straight people live in one world. The freaks live in another world. And that, that world of, of taking drugs and the pleasure that comes from that is right there under the surface. If the truth were known, some of you are really involved in it. That's just reality. You can't have a group this large that at one time or another hasn't really been involved in that. How do you say no to that? Only in Christ, only by letting Christ teach us the reality of his blueprint, the reality of living consistently with it, the reality of failing it, of turning away from it, and then relying upon his power to help us to live skillfully. That's the only way that we're going to be able not to send ourselves to the school of hard knocks and not to send our kids to the school of hard knocks. I want you to read Proverbs 1, verse 7. Read the motto again. And then verses 8 through 22 talk about a wise mom and dad not wringing their hands, not getting angry, but jumping right in there and saying, my kids are going to face temptation. They're going to be tempted to get into to illicit kind of things, and I'm going to help them. I'm going to teach them. We want to share some things for the kids, but also want to share some things that you mom and dad need to know from the book of Proverbs that we all need to know about how to help our kids to say no to the drug octopus. But it all begins with a reverential trust that there really is a God who's there, who designed us, who loved us, who has a skillful way for us to live.